I'll usher in the music. And one, and two, and one, two, three, four. Yes, two, three, four. Two, three, four. Keep running. Welcome to Is It Whack, your favorite movie podcast where we discuss the whackness level of movies. I'm one of your hosts, Funke, and I'm joined by Adam. Hello. Did you rec- do you remember that song in this? Yeah, Calisthenics. It's one yes. of my favorite songs. It's when they're it's so uh, good. doing the the workout detention. Yes, day. it's such a good song. Uh, I'm also joined by Hannah. Hello. Hey, and Nara. <laughs> Hi there. What's happy up? day. <laughs> it is happy day. <laughs> I was going to say what day it is, but A, I could not remember what day it is. B, I realized this is not coming out on the day that we are recording. Oh, that's true. Well, yeah, but you could still, you could wish us a happy, what is it, Sunday? The second. Happy <laughs> Sunday Us all the not second. knowing the day. <laughs> yes. Uh, it is. Hey, you know the day that this comes out? Well, if it comes out on Thursday, I guess. That's when? usually we usually put it out like Wednesday or Thursday. So if it comes out on Thursday, Is that's that the day birthday? I'm getting my vaccine. Are oh, you serious? Day, not birthday. Hell yeah! Wait, you're giving that's... me the vaccine like for your birthday because that's so close to your birthday. I know, a week before my birthday. I can't that's believe amazing. The province of Ontario is giving you a birthday present. This is huge. <laughs> This is actually huge. You remember when we were just starting doing these from our home and we're like, what are we going to get this? It's going to be like years. And it kind of was. Yeah. But <laughs> now we're here. At least it's happening. God damn. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, very exciting day and very uh, exciting and scary movie we watched. Carrie mm-hmm. from 1976. I brought this one in. Um, and... Yeah, it's it's a bit of a horror movie. Adam, do you want to talk about our our theme that we're doing for this set of episodes? Yeah, this is the uh, our, our party movie theme, which I believe is titled uh, "Whack into the Club for a Party." Whack into the club at a party. Oh, whack into the club at a party. Okay. <laughs> very very nice name. I'm glad we settled <laughs> on one. The movie's about parties or featuring parties i'm pretty jealous that you picked this i didn't even think of it it's one of my favorite movies and when you picked it i was like oh yeah totally the prom that's a giant part of the movie it's but i huge... didn't even think of it it is it's such a long part of the movie yeah i know it didn't even come to mind though i was like parties parties what movies have parties <laughs> it's a very good pick very good pick thank you yeah i had been meaning to watch it for a while i'm trying to think of actually when the first time, if it was this, if it was 2020 or 2019, where I actually like sat down and watched it, uh, and I was like, "Damn, this is a, a really, really good movie." Um, like it, it gets you lost in all of the, I think just like the high school drama and rom com stuff that you, I, I at least forgot about the ending, which is kind of like what everyone knows about the movie. Like I was like, "Oh, damn, these people are having fun, and look at these characters growing and realizing that they did wrong stuff at the start." With Carrie. Um, and then it just all goes to shit, uh, as I think many people know, uh, with the bucket of blood, uh, etc. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I just like I could totally I just wanted that movie to not have the ending. And I would have been like, oh, this is a nice little movie and everyone's happy. Uh, was was this anyone I, else's? Oh, sorry. Yeah, oh, Adam. 
So I'll sorry to cut. I mean, I guess this is jumping way ahead in the conversation, but I, but, but that's, yeah, I feel like that's, it kind of retroactively or not retroactively, but it kind of, uh, speaks on like how a lot of high school movies like that, the behavior actually is super toxic and terrible and destructive and like, yeah, they just, I love how, uh, it fools you into thinking it is just one of those normal, I mean, I guess, you know, you might know the reputation of the movie, you know, it's going to be a horror movie, but it does lull you into like that high school movie makes you think, oh, it's just one of these, but even more heightened how destructive and toxic and, you know, so on and so forth, the behavior of the students are to each other and then just becomes this full out horror movie. It's, oh, I love Ab- it. Absolutely. I remember the gym teacher even saying, you guys need to understand how horrible what you did at the start was. Like, I feel like it didn't click with them. Uh, yeah. But Hannah Nar, have you guys seen this before? Um a little bit. I've seen I saw half of it in middle school and then I had to like leave because I had to be home for dinner so I watched I saw like up to the part I guess a little bit less than half maybe like a third I saw up to the part where Tommy asks her to the prom the first time and then around there I had to dip mm. so this is the first time I saw the payoff the payoff yes uh what did you think of it it was pretty fun it was i just hated every like there was not a single character in this where it's like oh yeah you're cool i would like hang out (laughs) with you all the characters were just really irritating (laughs) but it was a fun movie to watch it is a very well made film if not a bit male gazy but definitely definitely at the start too like when you compare to uh, the movie we watched your pick uh the shower scene at the start this felt very tasteless i think at, at like just going through i was like damn and then i looked up the director and i was like oh this is just like an older dude i'm uh, making this this whole vision and i was like yeah that that is very odd um and and doesn't uh hold up i don't think at all um but yeah hannah hannah how about you is this your first time watching yeah which is surprising to me because Carrie seems like the kind of movie I would have seen because it's like the exact kind of movie that like I'd be obsessed with in high school and also like I think is kind of like an inspiration for a lot of the kinds of movies and like stories that I love so it was like good to finally get back to like one of the source materials of like kind of weird twisted high school movies which is like my favorite genre um <laughs> uh and uh yeah and it was great um yeah i agree with the the beginning scene i was like oh god but i think the movie does a pretty good job after that point of not getting too gazy um yeah yeah no i really enjoyed it uh it's a great pick yeah and i think it i think it is pretty fun and i i yeah. Also, thinking of another male gazy thing is during the uh, detention stuff. I was like, "There's so much focus on the legs." I'm like, "It doesn't really need to be shot like this at all." Um, and that was that was odd. Um, but other than that, like something I really enjoyed about the movie was this soundtrack. I think it's one of my favorite horror ones because it's like this cool synthy thing, and it's like kind of deconstructs a lot of the time and and plays with what's happening on screen a lot. Uh, who's who's the dude that did that? I think it was Pino Donaggio. Uh, yeah. Pretty fire stuff. I, I kept walking away from that movie being like, dang, I really like that song and that song and that song. Um, 
yeah, but it is it does it does get kind of creepy creepy later on. Um, I'm trying to think of how to summarize this because we don't have Seb for our summary corner. Yeah, no Seb summary I, corner. I will say if you don't know at least a vague idea of the plot of Carrie, I'm like, where is this rock you've been living under? Like, I don't know how you. I feel like Carrie is so ingrained in like, I don't know. But I guess I feel like a lot of people might be aware of like the ending, but not necessarily know the the movie as a whole. At at least that was my knowledge of it. Like before I saw it for the first time, like five years ago, I knew that it like had this, you know, wild explosive ending where she's covered in blood and spoiler alert, (laughs) uh, everyone dies. But um, I didn't really know what the movie was. Otherwise, I kind of only knew about that. Okay, sweet. So uh, I guess I'll just run through it and y'all hop in if there's anything that you think I should mention. But uh, a psychic girl is getting bullied in school and everyone is just being horrible to her and her she's living with an abusive parent as well who's super into God. And it's just like a horrible... <laughs> so- <laughs> oh, like you mean like she's very like religious it's just be like she's just into god <laughs> she's so into god that, like, she's like god's biggest big god fan. big god fan. <laughs> but she fully is like she's talking she to the other mother and she's like oh your daughter goes to my daughter's school as well maybe they should hang out she's like mm, actually i'm here to talk to you about god so if you could stay on the subject then that would be cool um but yeah she, carrie's dealing with all of that and it it slowly starts. People start to realize how that how she's being treated is is poor, uh, and it seems like they're trying to redeem themselves for how they treated her earlier on in the movie. Except for one character who is on a mission to gather pig's blood and pour it on her head at the prom, um, and that does happen, and everyone um, explodes and goes on fire and everything. And uh, yeah, it's a. It's a pretty tragic movie about bullying um, and and superpowers at the same time, which I was surprised. I didn't know that she like had powers before I watched the movie. I just knew about the bucket and, and the bullying. And I was like, oh, this is kind of like a very sad superhero origin in, in a horror genre. Like it was I really like that that structure of it. Um, I thought that was cool. Yeah, it's also like. Like the her uh her powers like coming to be like after she like has her first period and also just like the kind of obsession with uh womanhood and like the the inherently sinful kind of uh experience that her mother makes it out to be. I feel like it's such a crazy I feel like a crazy story for about puberty uh absolutely yeah 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 i mean i think that sorry nara what were you gonna say oh i was just gonna say there's a lot of weird films about periods but then i realized i can only think of one other one so ignore my statement (laughs) what's the other one you're thinking valerie and her week of wonders which is a czech new wave film where this girl gets her period and then is tried as a witch oh god but i do think that female like like I don't know, like the kind of time between girlhood and womanhood and horror are like two very much explored 
I don't know where I'm going. But, like, I feel like horror loves to go through, like, the scariness of, like, mm-hmm. teen girldom or whatever. Because girls are scary and women are evil. But I think but but I think that that's not really the statement of this movie, though. Like, I think that this no. movie, it's like the world. No, I, I know, you, Nara, you were saying that uh, uh, facetiously. But I think that, like, the statement of the movie is that, like, you know, her her mom uh, makes her or her mom wants her to believe that this, like, that womanhood and anything really tied to, like, her own sexual liberation or even just becoming an adult uh, is a sinful thing and that she should feel bad about it and that she should see it as, like, an evil thing, which obviously for the mom comes from her own, like, ingrained misogyny and probably also repressive religious upbringing. But, uh, But, yeah, like, that's kind of, like, one of the metaphorical or one of that's like the her powers is kind of like a metaphor of that that like it's it's Mm -hmm. being told or she's being told that it's like a sinful thing that it's this evil thing um and yeah i mean it kind of she's being told that so much that she ends up using it as like a destructive force but uh it isn't inherently that's just what she's like being told yeah definitely definitely yeah, it's like women being denied the ability to like harness the power of being a woman, kind of like leading to destruction. I guess. Being denied like her own agency and how she like chooses to, I mean, navigate the world, navigate her womanhood. Yeah, yeah, that her own autonomy is like just pushed aside through the whole movie. Like at the start, she's super help helpless with the whole shower thing. Um, when she's even trying to get help at the principal's office, like the dude doesn't know her name, calls her Cassie yeah. three times in a row after being told her name is Carrie. Um, yeah, just that that lack of respect towards her kind of fuels that. But I, I do like how she kind of is on her own mission to figure herself out, like is doing her own research on her powers, which I was kind of shocked to like see. I thought it would she wouldn't really like go into it it would just like happen things happen but uh it seemed like she had a control of her her powers by the end of it um especially uh during the bucket scene um i i wanted to ask uh if anyone had any thoughts on the the casting or the acting uh because it's super 70s it takes place in 76 it's kind of uh, a shift i realize i haven't watched many movies from this era uh, and it all felt very different. I thought that Sissy Spacek was perfect. Mm, yeah. I oh like. I think there's a reason that this character in this role is so iconic. Like, I do think she was perfectly cast as Carrie, just from the way she looks and like her mannerisms. Even when it's like feels over the top, which sometimes a lot of the acting in this movie does. I think she's perfect for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh my god, the the mother's performance is oh. so I love it. It's it's so campy, but it's good. But it's also just I don't know. I like I want to reenact that final performance of her mother when she's like has like some monologue at Carrie, like, and she's like, oh, oh, and like <laughs> I don't know. I loved it. I love I live for that. So well, I I love campiness in general. But but I actually think it also works like, you know, thematically and uh, character wise in this movie as well, because it is very much like an expressionistic film, like from 
Carrie's point of view. It's all these people that are so, so, so terribly mean to her, like all the time. So repressive. Uh, no one's ever nice to her. Like even the adults, I think, kind mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, like the teacher I'm thinking of, uh, She's nice, but it's still in kind of this like condescending way where she still thinks that Carrie, like, I don't know, can't do anything for herself. Yeah. Um, that, uh, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that thought, but I just feel like the campiness is like it works even as like a character and a thematic thing that it's all so melodramatic. It's so all, it's all so overblown because that's how it is for Carrie. Like, this is the worst thing in the world. Yeah, also, I mean, if this is an exaggerated kind of metaphor for puberty and for, like, this horrible time in many people's lives at his high school, I think it works that, like, that the story is so over the top. Of course, the acting and everything else would enhance that. It's great. Yeah, they they really play into those those roles. Like, the mom especially, yeah. I Those scenes are so creepy to me. Like, oh, my just, God. That busted up Jesus that she was praying to, like in the closet. I, I was like, God, I love it. Ugh, just made my bones curl up. It was so twisted. Um, I've never. I just feel like I've never felt so much empathy for a character, like as and the I mom? do. No, no, as for Carrie, then for <laughs> oh Carrie. <my> God. <laughs> no, I don't feel much empathy for the mom. I I understand where it might have come from, but she's yeah. No, it's. It's just everyone is so, so mean to Carrie. And Sissy Spacek just plays it so, oh, with so much empathy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The scene where she is, like, begging for to her mom to just, like, let her go to prom. Uh, oh, my God. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Also, the scene when she's at prom and she's with her date and he actually, like, I just, I think genuinely seems to be liking her. And I like that actor. He's, like cute in a weird way and like i just love the weird 70s charm and i was like feeling so like i was like i know it's coming Mm -hmm. i know it's coming but this is really sweet and i'm actually really cherishing these like moments where she's like enjoying herself and he's like oh you know there's more to you and 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 Uh. i think they did such a good job of really building the like romance in like that that's classic. what makes it so heartbreaking too because oh, you know it's it, coming you're like yeah. oh no it should just stay in this happy moment things are so good for a moment I know. it's but i think it's really effective because even though i knew that things were going to go bad at the back of my head i still was like fully indulging in the fantasy mm-hmm. so. yeah and i think that fantasy also makes it hurt double double the amount because like when the bucket falls on Carrie like she just thinks it's a betrayal across the board like everyone was in on this because like I I couldn't even tell like what was happening with her vision at the end if just a few people were laughing or if everyone was laughing but it just from her perspective it's like oh everyone was in on this no one really cared about me at all but it's like those characters did seem to be changing and like it like Mm. the the guy she was on Tommy she was on the date with like did seem to like her at the end and it was like damn it it's so horrible because all of these people are just like you did treat her like shit at the start so you can't really blame her for acting how she did right at the end like they kind of got what was coming for them like everyone was like just (laughs) should not carry the whole movie i mean yeah but i also think it's like her mother represents this kind of like negative force in her life that's telling her like 
what you're becoming is disgusting. Who you are is wrong. Everybody hates you. Everybody's laughing at you. So that's how Carrie goes through the world. And so mm-hmm. I, when you hear her mother's voice in the end, I don't think most of those people are laughing because you do see them like more shocked than anything. And it's, but it's how, you know, when you have this kind of like force in your life that's feeding the way you see the world, like that's how you're going to read it, which I think is interesting. I don't know. Her mother almost feels like a representation of kind of like the guilt that comes with like, I don't know, puberty. You feel like this, you're, you're wrong. Everything you do is wrong and everybody can see it and is waiting for you to like fall so yeah I think that's a yeah I think that's a really good point I mean I I, yeah because I I do think that last scene is or at least the moment when they're all laughing and it goes to kind of that like it looks like a from like a A bee's eye yeah yeah bees kind of I think that that is like an expressionistic thing and it is like a confirmation of her like worst or it's like a yeah it's like if you like like you're saying Hannah if you already assume that like everyone is is gonna laugh at you all the time everyone is going to like uh if you have like the worst impressions of what everyone else how everyone else is going to treat you then like that's an easy thing to confirm and not that like i mean as we see in this movie most people do treat her really terribly so Mm -hmm. i think she's right to like assume that the world will treat her that way but i think also that is like a yeah a, a metaphorical extension of that real life feeling at least at least for me, when I'm at like my most insecure and especially in high school, like as kind of like a defense mechanism, I already like assume to a certain extent, like that other people are going to, you know, be mean or treat you in a bad way. And then anything is just like confirmation where. Yeah, like a really, self-fulfilling like, prophecy. Yeah, yeah, things. exactly. Yeah. And that like the things that the changes that are happening in your body and like your development is like so grotesque that it's akin to like satanic like <laughs> yeah. possession you know mm. um anyways nara what were you saying oh i was just wondering like when i was watching this i didn't think that most people treated her badly i think it was just sort of like chris chris's friend norma and then the adults that treated her badly but then all the other sort of like students were like indifferent to her Except for, like, in the first scene, like, in the washroom, which I totally understand how they reacted, because that's pretty fucked up of her to, like, act like that. So I, like, I don't think her character has been treated badly by everyone. I just think it is, like, her mother's incessant, um, like, uh, like, incessant, like, claims that people are gonna dislike her. That makes her see everybody is treating her badly or seeing her as less than because i think a lot of people are just like were like at least of what we saw were just indifferent Mm. Um, but there is like the kid that calls her creepy carrie and like graffiti that says like carrie white eat shit and like there's like a like i i feel like there like it's like she's almost like become like suburban like folklore Mm. as a person she carries around like this reputation. I don't know. I feel like there is like I yeah. Uh... Sorry, Adam. No, no. I I I was only putting my hand up for whenever you were finished. But oh, yeah, no, no I I agree. Like I I mean, most of the people that we see in the movie either they are like actively 
you know, aggressive towards her or at, at best they're like going along with the shitty things that other people are doing, which I think is, I mean, as they always said throughout school, if you're a bystander, you're also part of the problem. <laughs> like, I don't think anyone, anyone, no one is like trying to, no one's standing up for her. The most anyone ever does is uh, when Sue finally is like, yeah, Tommy, can you just ask her to prom? But still, I think that's still like a condescending thing. Um, anyway, Hannah, yeah, you got your hand up. No, I just, uh, on that, like, no, I was wondering, like, I don't think of this movie as a movie about bullying. Like, that's not how I personally read it. Like, do you guys, because I, I don't see it as like a bullying horror story. It's more like, I don't know, Carrie represents a version, an extreme version of how we all feel at that age. I feel like there's almost a paranoia of like that everybody has malicious intentions behind the nice things they do, that everybody kind of views you as this freak mm. and like this kind of feeling grotesque in your own body. But do you guys read it differently? Like, do you read it as like about what will go wrong if you like? Um, I do think that bullying factors into it. Like it's, it's used as a device in this, but I do, I do hear what you're saying. Like it is like a representation of just like being a, a teen in high school and just like all the crazy thoughts going on in your head um, around that point, because yeah, it, it seems super stressful. And there are points where I did relate to her um, definitely just being like awkward and not being able to like verbalize what I was saying or feeling. Um, but yeah, just so so unfortunate to see her in that environment, like so clearly needing help and no one giving the proper help in in any form at all. Like just like doing the bare minimum uh, on all fronts was just, ugh. I was like, damn. Yeah, I think the answer to that sort of, in my opinion, sort of depends on whether or not you like view the events in the film as literal or as like kind of, expressionistic from Carrie's point of view. Like if you view it all as like literal, which I think is not a wrong way to view it um, or from her point of view, it's not a wrong way to view it either way. Like, I think if you view it literally, then it's like, yeah, all these people are like, in my opinion, very mean to her. And I think you can definitely read it as like a, the toxicity of like high school culture and uh, so on and so forth. And if it is like, um, you know, you're reading it from her point of view as this heightened expressionistic thing, then I think it is a much more like internal uh, story about growing up. And yes, all those feelings that like everyone is against you when maybe that's not the case. Uh, I don't think either interpretation is wrong. I think it just kind of depends on like which lens through which you're viewing it. I actually think they're both absolutely in there. Mm -hmm. Definitely. For sure. Um, I want to jump a bit forward into the plot because I know what most people know about this movie is the bucket scene uh, and the whole prom event. I want to get your thoughts on this and if y'all think this is good or if it holds up or if it isn't even worth the hype. What's the vibe? I thought the uh, the moment immediately after the bucket poured and it was like silent except for the bucket sounds was the best mm. part of the entire film mm. 
Like when you just hear like the dripping and like the bucket, but you but, see the expressions. Yeah, and you like see like the one character like laughing, but you can't hear anything, and like people are like talking, but you can't hear anything. You just hear the like bucket sounds. Um, I thought that was the best part of the film. Mm. Nice. Go uh, ahead, Hannah. You you look like you're gearing up to say something. So. Um, I do think. I think it's a great scene. It's iconic, obviously. Um, I don't love the use of the split screen. I think it oh, takes I love me out that. of it. I love that, that. Like, I think I for some reason it just takes me out of the horror of it. Um, I also think knowing that this happens and like kind of because it's such like has such a place in pop culture, like I. I wasn't shocked. Like, I, I would love to see this movie from, like, a fresh pair of eyes or, like, mm-hmm. a fresh perspective or whatever, not knowing, like, anything about it and know how, like, it has, like, effective it is from there. But, like, because I knew kind of what it was going to be, it didn't quite have that effect on me. It didn't hit as hard. But it, I think it's great. I do. I just... I w- it would be great to go into it, like, completely. Like, I didn't know the twist at the end of The Sixth Sense, and I was like, whoa! And, and <laughs> so, yeah. I feel that. Yeah. Nara, you had your hand up, like... Oh, I was just gonna say, were you, were you talking about the shock of, like, the actual, like, um, like, her retaliation to the blood pouring, or, like, the, like, gym burning or like the car or like all of the mother all of it like well the gym i would say um i don't know just like the burning down the gym part yeah and like i just think if i hadn't known like the kind of absolute like horror that like everybody in the gym is experiencing would have hit me harder Mm. i think still to this day i kind of I kind of am still shocked that it like goes to the lengths it does. Even uh, even Carrie dying, like Carrie and her mom, the building, the house like falls into the ground and like to hell buries. Yeah, it goes literally to hell. Uh, and I, you know, I even having seen this movie multiple times, like I feel uh, I still kind of get shocked. And I think that part of it is because of like as we were saying before, just the patient sorry, the patience of it all, like the patience to get to the horror, there isn't really any horror mm-hmm. until that moment. Aside, like there's the, you know, the hints that something might happen. She uses her telekinesis in moments where she's very upset uh, and being very uh, agitated. Like, but, you know, in terms of full-on horror, that's really like the only sequence. Mm-hmm. And I And I appreciate mm-hmm. how much patience there is before it gets there it really makes it like even to this day for me knowing what happens like i'm still i don't know i'm still pretty shocked by it and also there's just so much tent sorry i'll, I'll i said a lot i'll say this after someone else i don't know what were you saying about the tension well also there's just so much tension like leading up to the bucket pouring itself like i think that that's such a beautifully choreographed sequence that like she goes up on stage uh she's at her highest moment of happiness mm-hmm. uh but you know the blood's up there then one person sees it sue sees it 
She's trying to stop it. The teacher interferes because she assumes that Sue is like going to do something terrible, but actually that, you know, Sue could have stopped it. I think it's just like amazing choreography, amazing, like what, what certain characters in the scene know coming in conflict with like what our other characters in the scene know Mm -hmm. to lead to such a, or, or what other characters don't know to lead to such like an explosive moment. That's so like, it's the worst possible thing that could happen. It happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's like in Romeo and Juliet, we were like, oh my God, if you guys had just had things more clear and out, nothing <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, would exactly. happen. <laughs> and every time you watch it, you know it's going to happen, but you're like, fuck. Um, yeah. The yeah. moments right before you're like, oh, please, maybe this time it won't go like that. Um, I know. Yeah. I felt that watching this again, uh, just being like, oh, damn. They're really having a good time here. They're having a nice time. And just like two shitty kids wanted to ruin the whole thing for uh, everyone. Um, But yeah, I think the focus on the the rope in that scene is very interesting. And the different angles that they do, like the over the shoulder, or I guess bird's eye view from the bucket above everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, following just uh, the, the eye contact or just the eye direction where everyone's looking like okay someone's looking at the rope and then like someone notices them looking and is like okay this is kind of weird and then goes to stop it uh yeah i think that's all really well done and the slow motion really draws out that whole scene which is i guess what's stuck in so many people i guess the pop culture consciousness for so many years um yeah it's i, I don't think it's too bad i think it's 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 definitely it's it's nice, but I don't know if it's the whole thing is like my favorite part of the movie. What I would mention, because like the the cool stuff is how it like waits to get to that point and how it does like just has a whole awkward high school superhero movie up until that point, and then it's just like uh, terror chaos, terror chaos. Um, also, the the post gym scene with uh, I forget I forget the woman's name um, who with the grave and like jumps up from the dream. Oh uh, yeah. I was like, Sue. yeah, Sue. I was like, Oh my gosh, what this stuff is still going on. Like Carrie's gone. Yeah. That jump scare got me. <laughs> I was <Yeah>. like, <laughs> seriously, seriously. Kind of a shocker. <laughs> yeah. Um, do we want to take a stroll down whack actor lane? Do we know any other actors in this? Whack actor Avenue. Sorry. Come on, the Avenue. Actor, sorry, the Avenue. The actor. <laughs> it's an alliteration. I'm so sorry. Whack actor Avenue. <laughs> I mean, uh, John Travolta. Yeah. Yeah, it's so weird that he was in this. I hate him. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> the performance or him? Uh, no, him as a any performance he does, I can't like. I really like had trouble watching the parts really? with him because I hate him so much. Like. But he's the worst person in this. He's the worst, but I'm just like, just seeing him on screen and hearing his voice just makes me so uncomfortable and like makes me Uh, deeply angry. Can I ask you why you hate him? He's just, I don't know, he just annoys me as a person. Ah. (laughs) I'm just deeply aggravated by his presence and his weird voice. Yeah, it seemed like he was trying to do an accent or something in this, right? Or was that just... That's what he sounds like. No way. I don't know. Okay. I, yeah. He, yeah, John Travolta is so cute in this. I'm sorry. <laughs> is he? He's gross. I'm just saying, like, young John Travolta is very cute. Is he, though? Yeah. 
The other last week, my roommate and I were singing to Grease songs while we like made dinner, and we were watching like the end scene, and I was like, "Yeah, John Travolta, like." I know he's a Scientologist and everything now, but like he was cute. <laughs> I think he's really, really good in this role, uh, personally. Like he's, you know, he's supposed to be a terrible, scummy guy, um, and I believe it. Like I, you know, he's he's <laughs> such a. I hate him so much in this movie. I love the, um, yeah. I don't know. I think he's really good. Yeah, he's definitely just the biggest scumbag in the world and play, and plays that role to a T. Um, that whole thing, I was like, why are high school people know where to get this pig's blood and, like, go and beat up a pig? They, <laughs> they, they seem like what seems like a smallish suburb. Mm-hmm. He's so, supposed to not be in high school also, right? Oh, like, he's, he's older. Like older. Yeah, he's, I think yeah. so. I think. Uh, I'm not sure. Which kind of adds another, yeah, layer to the his The actual, like inter-character relations in this film were set up very poorly like i really don't know how anyone feels about one another or like what their dynamic is like not really because i'm like okay you guys are all in gym class together and are annoyed at carrie but that means nothing it's just because you're all like happen to be like i don't know who has allegiance to who really Um, i don't know much about sue besides she's just like nice i guess i feel like chris is like the queen bee and then that red hat girl is her little like sidekick and then uh sue is there like it's one of those things i feel like they're like popular so they're friends in like a kind of greater group sense but aren't necessarily close Mm -hmm. super close and then tommy is the uh football guy and then he's a sports guy Friends. Yeah, he's the athlete. He's the the, the yeah. great athlete. Uh, John Travolta's like a weird pervert, and <laughs> yeah, I thought it was just so playing on yeah, it. like classical kind of high school tropes, um, using them kind of as shorthand in like a. I need a scene in every high school movie where somebody goes around the lunchroom <laughs> pointing out everybody's specific clique to understand what's going on but i think part of the point of this is like you would come to the movie already with that knowledge like you would you would already know like what a high school movie what high school movie cliques are and it's kind of surprising then that tommy is like he's the athlete but he does actually seem to respond to the fact that like carrie likes his poem even if he didn't write the poem um you kind of get a sense that like he doesn't want to necessarily be like the high school stereotype that he has fallen into. But, uh, you know, I, I I thought Tommy was really interesting, actually. Yeah, I like, I like him. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. He's, yeah, he's kind of removed from the, the meanness towards Carrie that everyone, or sorry, the, the scenes that, like, people are mean towards Carrie. Like, he's outside of them. He's only interacting in the scene that's Adam's uh, Google meeting background. For this <laughs> I alone. love this. I love this. All those split diopter shots are so cool where like someone's in the foreground, but also in like very sharp focus. What is that someone... called? Split diopter. Split diopter. And someone else is in the yeah, background also in sharp focus and kind of a weird uncanny depth of field. Yeah, there's like a gray little thing around his head. Um, yeah, but I, I hear what Nara's saying. I, I don't think they established too many character relationships other than how every, everyone's 
general just like annoying feeling towards Carrie. Um, but I think that's fine. Like that didn't bother me too much because I was like, okay, like you're just trying to make everyone know that like, okay, Carrie's not cool in this environment. People don't really care about her and she's not treated well, uh, <laughs> which is, which is fine. But yeah, they, they could have developed a more, more into, I guess just like that crew of people that were lined up in the gym. Cause you don't really know too much about any of them except for hat girl and <laughs> But I will, yeah, because I, then it also okay, Hannah, you go. Just I was gonna say, like, I think it adds to the strength of like it doesn't even matter what the like hierarchies of this mm-hmm. particular high school are, or like who's considered cooler than who, because all of them view Carrie as an outcast. Like Carrie doesn't even have like the kind of uncool people that are like, oh, like I don't know, she she's one of us or she's an outcast. They're like Carrie is like doesn't even she's not even on the radar of whatever and i think that works like i think it's effective that these people would all have allegiance to each other whether or not they're actually friends over her immediately because she's like the pariah Mm. yeah like i see that and i see how that like is a part of the film i just think it's a weak choice in that case if it's gonna be like a me versus them story to then go so much into the story of chris and john travolta getting the pig's blood which is really like doesn't do much besides like set up the bucket of blood which i think like if you wanted to do like a more like if you wanted to add to the shock and to the payoff of that part that you could just have that not be shown to the audience or not as explicitly shown to the audience and not take up so much time like the whole chris john travolta storyline and build up Carrie's world more. But then I like, because it, it like the time is pretty evenly split between Carrie and Chris, it seems like it's almost a comment on the differing, like between their two positions. But then it's like, Chris isn't really given a character besides like being a bitch. And maybe I don't, think that's, I don't think that's true. I think Carrie's it really, or I think Chris's character is interesting. I, and I think that that part is really important. Like she, she, uh, like she's making Carrie like kind of the scapegoat in this situation. Like she's gotten taken away from, or she's not able to go to prom now. Her like kind of uh, 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 like social status is like attacked in a certain way by like the teacher and by like the fact that she can't have this like high school experience that she has clearly, you know, placed on a very high importance. Mm. And so it's kind of like Carrie becomes the scapegoat for her. And and I think probably it represents like her worst fear in a certain way of like being outcasted, being scapegoated, which she is outcasted now because she's not going to be able to go to prom. It's like, so now the, 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 you know, idea is, well, I'm going to make Carrie pay for it, even though it's, it's, you know, Carrie had nothing to do with this. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I just I just think maybe like that's like the weak point for me where it's like if this were to be like because like maybe this is going for like being grounded more in realism and then having the like horror aspects. But like from a traditional like high school narrative, it would be then like, oh, more people in the gym class would rebel against the gym teacher and go with Chris and follow her story. So it's sort of like um, not necessarily that it's any of it's bad. It was just sort of like more. um 
like more difficult for me to like get completely like involved with the story because it was coming from so many different places but didn't really have a clear standing in any of them um from what i like from what i'm used to like if i'm supposed to come in with like oh it's like a horror movie but then like oh all the horror is saved to the end so like that's something different that i have to grapple with and think about oh it's supposed to be like a traditional like high school movie where i'm supposed to like bring in all my like prior knowledge from like other high school films but then it like also disrupts that in a really intense way or oh it's supposed to be a character piece but we are not sitting with the character or at least I didn't feel it was like with the character enough to like be a complete character piece so like it's sort of like in all these different camps just sort of like a little bit that it's like hard for me to like fully engage with any of them and like fully engage with the story so I was always sort of like at an arm's length from the action that was happening and I ended up like coming out of the film not really feeling anything Mm. um I I mean I feel like Carrie at least for me it's like less of like a take on a certain kind of genre and more like a kind of the beginning point of a whole new genre and that so many of the films I love have like followed in in a way um you know, I would say the Heathers of the world um, or, you know, the Virgin Suicides. There's, I can draw comparisons between that and Carrie, kind of these like darker explorations of adolescence using like hyperbolic stories within like very mundane settings. And like, it's not a character piece. I don't think it's like a high school movie. And I, it is a horror movie, but it's a much more of an emotional horror Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously there is the gore, but like it's the lead up. And I think giving us little kind of uh, tastes of what's to come via the pig's blood is kind of good to kind of get us into the story. Know that something bad is going to happen. But if you're going into it with fresh eyes, not knowing like the pig's blood scene, then you don't necessarily know what they're planning on doing with that. And it's a good tie back also to the fact that all this started when she got her period. I mean, I I think it's it's a tone piece. I don't think it's supposed to necessarily like be about Carrie so much as like be about the experience and the kind of horror that Carrie represents. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, I personally, I just think it's really strong in that sense. I mean, it's like going, it's knowing there's this like impending doom, but I, I, I don't know. Well, it, I, I think yeah. you have, sorry, Funke, you go ahead. Oh yeah. I was going to say, yeah, it, it does play with that impending doom, but I do hear what Nara is saying. Like those scenes did feel a bit like, I don't really know who Chris is and like this, this relationship seems very frivolous as well but if there was more of a cast there and like more character work instead of just focusing on the like retrieving of the pig's blood i think that could have done wonders for the movie as well um that could have been more interesting yeah it just seems like a lot of chris's parts like some of it when they're setting it up you are seeing like her insecurities like she's not this like super tough like in control of everything girl but then there's also parts where it's just like so much of it is just about like making John Travolta's character kind of be the butt of the joke or like making like have being exposition for how their plan's gonna go down because it's like why do I need to see her like confirm with 
whoever yeah. was it John Travolta again that she like took care of the ballots when we already see that happening in another scene like use that scene to like be more another character moment instead of just like making clearer the exposition we already know mm. which is like not a huge deal I just think it would have strengthened the like film a little bit more but I think all those are character moments like I think that mm. all everything that's happening between Chris and John Travolta's character is to show that like both of them do like crave a sense of power and control uh, in yeah. and you know what happens when they have lost it uh, they act out in terrible terrible ways like I, that, I think that those are sorry. character moments absolutely True. Yeah, and also that, like, Chris, despite being, like, the head bitch in charge, you know, at their high school, still has a shitty boyfriend who, like, yeah, she can kind of stand up to, but it's, like, the idea that, like, you know, even if you exude confidence in one environment, like, she's still an insecure teenage girl. She's still, like, running around with this dumbass. Like, I think it does add character development and, like, Again, like, I just, I'm thinking about it more from, like, almost, like, a lore perspective where it's just you're watching a story unfold. I, yes, it's not an in-depth character study, but it's more just, like, I don't know. No, that, well, that's also cool in the way that, like, the film ends in my mind because, like, then it, it kind of frames the whole thing as, like, it was actually kind of Sue's story and possibly the way that, like, Sue is looking back on her, like, high school experience. Uh, which is which I think, up. yeah, which I think you would look back in kind of a lore esque way. And if this I is know. Sue's perspective, then it's her being like, no, well, I actually think that I treated the outcast pretty well. I think that I was like the good person, um, and, even as she yeah. looks back and is like, oh yeah, everything was terrible, but I was a good person, right? I was good. Oh, <laughs> it's I'm seeing how much this influenced the Virgin Suicides, and I'm like, fuck, how did I not notice this before? It's so good. I've never seen that. What what is that? The Virgin Suicide, it's a Sofia Coppola's first film. It's based off of um a book that's amazing by Jeffrey Eugenides. It's my favorite book. Um, but I highly recommend it. Um it's it's kind of a story about like suburban lore basically and like adolescence from an adult like looking back at adolescence through an adult's perspective and it's mm-hmm. beautiful and dark. Um it's, it's a good companion. And if you want to hear Hannah talk more about The Virgin Suicides, go to Broy Deschanel's YouTube channel uh, to the video titled uh, uh, Politics of Pretty, I think is what it's called. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I know what I'm watching later. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I also want to just, like, just go and back to uh, you were saying, Hannah, earlier that it's not like quite a high school movie, not quite like a horror movie. Um, don't want to put words in your mouth, but you were saying something along those lines. Yeah. But that is kind of also like the thing that I find really cool about it is it's like sort of all these things, sort of not all these things. And it kind of makes for just a really malleable, interesting film for me where it's not really holding your hand through like, you know, traditional horror archetypes or traditional horror like uh, plot progression or anything and it's not really holding your hand through like a traditional high school film either it's very much like mashing genres together in a in a I don't know very unconventional way that I find like I mean now we've seen movies come out of it like Hannah's describing that like you know try to do something similar um, Nara even your favorite movie Disturbing Behavior 
Oh yes. But I, but I think that this is like the prototype in, in, a, in a lot of ways. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's just I I don't know, I just like feel like very like disconnected to it. I think maybe it's because like the types of films that I like that are about young people or about like female perspectives are like by you can see the creators that the creator has some stakes in the story and feels involved in the story whereas this it seems like the creators much more or the creators are much more preoccupied with being like yeah we're gonna make it a spectacle we're gonna make it look super cool we're gonna make it like um like it's much more about sort of like the packaging of it than the actual heart and soul of it where i'm like why are two grown men writing the story about like what it's like to be like a teenage girl in this very tense mother-daughter relationship in this very intense like coming of age so Mm -hmm. i like maybe that's also part of it it just seems sort of like disingenuous to me almost and because it does only do a little bit of a bunch of things that like maybe heightens that or like um makes me influences me to feel a little bit more like it's not like the creators don't completely identify with it um rather than it like being because it's like everything that you're saying is completely valid and I think those are like that is very much successful like in the film if that's what it's trying to achieve I just can't completely buy into it like thinking about the um baggage that comes with like the identity of the film and the identity of the creators but what about the identity of the performers like they're they have a huge stake in like how these characters are shown on screen they're the performers like it's not only the writers and directors that make the movie. Maybe just, like, because the way we're brought into this film is so male-gazing and so, like, fetishizing, like, the female body as, like, a place of horror, it's mm-hmm. really hard for me to, like, ignore that or, like, see the performers as performers and not just as, like, beautiful playthings for the director for the rest of the film. That is fair. And, I mean, I think the objectification of, like, the female body in both, like, uh eroticism and like grotesque horror uh like is an issue within this genre in general um I will say I I'm sort of fascinated by horror like and kind of like dark stories about women from the perspective of men not that like because it's so genius but because I think there's an interesting almost kind of like mysticizing and kind of disconnected way that they write about the female from like this removed standpoint where they're, they they add like extra meaning to it either in like a grotesque or like an overly romantic way and I think it's I find that stuff so interesting to dissect I think Carrie is an example of that um I haven't read Rosemary's Baby um but I want to because that and Separate Drives are by the same author. And it's also kind of like horror movies about the female experience by a man. I'm kind of fascinated as to like what motivates that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think there's like something, an interesting quality that comes with it that I don't think is relatable for like the female experience. But I do think is kind of almost from like a sociological standpoint, interesting to like dissect um does that make sense yeah no i mean like you can there's a lot to unpack with that stuff and yeah i think that this what nara's saying goes well rings true for like any genre like if you're writing outside of your 
experience, then you're not going to be telling the most accurate story at all. Like you're going to be reaching and you're going to be like assuming certain things. And like, yeah, what you're saying, Hannah, it is interesting to dissect like what, what they think the experience is. Um, but yeah, that does like make for a weaker movie. And I see Nar why you couldn't get invested into it. Definitely. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of male gazy stuff and it is like, written directed and produced by three white guys as well like of course they, yeah they do, they do not know the experiences that they're writing about other than i guess high school in general um but yeah i, I definitely hear what you're saying but also the idea yeah. that like yeah you would have like menstruation would bring upon like magical powers is like i don't know if a woman would write that no. to be um but yeah yeah Mm-hmm. It's it's definitely important to criticize all of these elements when you're, especially like older media uh, as well. This is 1976. A um, lot of misses, but there's some hits in it. I think there's it does some things that I really enjoy in, I guess like the the setup and the shots, um, like specifically surrounding the bucket scene and I guess the the patients leading up to it. Um, but yeah, there's definitely some parts that need need a complete overhaul if this was to be redone or built off of there a, in a separate like, way. Nara. Did anybody watch the like 2013 version of it that was filmed in Toronto with Chloe Grace Moritz? Not at no. all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Me neither. I've seen Carrie Sick. the musical though. Oh, There's a I've musical? Seen, yeah. I've seen the Riverdale episode where they do Carrie the musical which <laughs> is a whole other thing which is, oh my god, it's everything I love just... Psh- also, just unrelated, this might not be interesting to you guys, but when I saw the gym scene, I was like, holy shit, the gym uniforms in Riverdale and their school colors are taken from Carrie. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, anyways. Wait, but I'm so confused at the sentence you said earlier. There was a Carrie musical in Riverdale? So there was a Carrie, mu- well, there was a Carrie musical on Broadway. Okay. It was but very short-lived. One- I think it was like a one of the biggest like box office flops flops ever yeah yeah it's like like five performances or something famously terribly like done or like flopped it's pretty bad Um, i mean i don't know what the broadway production was like but the one i I saw yeah it's it has a really bad reputation and then you know riverdale being what it is and like being kind of obsessed with all things kind of camp and like weird cult followings and all that stuff Mm -hmm. they they do a musical episode every season now and the first one they did was (laughs) carry the musical and it (laughs) ended with a character who being who was murdered and they like open up the like the the curtains of the stage and she's she's been pinned up like the mom and Carrie by like oh. knives. Um, it's insane. I have not seen that show in season. So that like what you're saying is so different from season one of what I saw. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, that sounds awesome. I gotta say. Riverdale's a trip and uh, it, it's, 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 a, it's amazing. It's a, it's a weird, amazing fossil of shit. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that part with the mom, uh, I had, I was, so, I mean, she's, you know, she's kind of, she's bolted on the wall in a similar pose to Jesus. Mm-hmm. There's also a moment later when they go into the, um, 
the like closet where uh, Carrie's supposed to repent for her sins earlier. And you see um, Jesus. And you see Jesus. And I thought that that Jesus kind of looked like Tommy. What? Do you think sure. there's anything? Tommy like is Tommy's Jesus. supposed to be like a Jesus figure in a, in a way. I I didn't catch that. I just saw. I was just looking at how gross the Jesus looked. Like that. That's what I took away from that. I was like, Well, I guess the. But, I guess it, but I'm like the like that. Tommy and the mom uh, were both characters that like Carrie had put her trust in as mm. like this is going to like they they're looking out for me. Like they're looking out for my best interest. And in both cases, it's it's not. That's not the case at all. Well, I would say that Carrie is hesitant to trust Tommy. And, like, by the time she does give him his trust, it seems like he's genuinely, like, actually willing to, like, like, I don't know, be kind to her. Um, I don't know, just because that's not really the role, like, Jesus plays in the Bible. If anything, he's more like Adam and she's Eve and by not resisting the temptation of, like, going to the dance and, like, whatever, she's, like, put everything at stake or risk or something. Or maybe he's the snake. I don't know. I I don't <laughs> want to buy into the mom's metaphor about religion, though, because it seems pretty false. Oh, sorry, Nara, you raised your hand. Oh, I was just going to say, I think this movie is, like, less about, like, a biblical story and more about like religion as a cultural phenomenon for sure but i mm. just think that like the amount of like religious imagery that's like placed into it like i don't think it's a stretch to like read into some things as being metaphors or having like parallels to stories from the bible mm -hmm. especially since the mom goes into that whole thing about eve and all of this is about like the kind of inherent sin that women inherited from eve because of her original sin. So like, I don't think it's, I don't know. I don't think it's like totally off to make those connections, but. Yeah, Tommy is Jesus. No, I, I just I, I just feel Jesus. like most like <laughs> depictions of Jesus do just look like some white guy with long hair. Yeah. I also like, again, this movie is just, even with the religious part, it's not really about Jesus. Like, but they do very intentionally frame like the mom in that way at, at the end. For sure. Like, but I think I, the mom might have thought that she was a that herself, like that she was a Jesus figure of sorts. Well, hmm. she was in her mind. She was working on behalf of the Lord, right? right. She's an agent for the Lord on earth. Um, I think also it's really easy to take religious imagery and throw it into horror and I, it makes it creepier. Mm. So, but. Um, also, I just found out there's a Carrie 2. Great. Called The Rage Carrie oh, yeah. 2. <laughs> Never seen it. But it doesn't have Sissy Spacek in it, right? It's like no. many years later. Well, she's dead. It's someone completely different uh, <laughs> and her name's not Carrie so <laughs> um, I would give anything to star in Carrie 3 I'll just put that out into the universe mm. I think there might have been a Carrie 3 Carrie 4 I don't I want to be able to straight <laughs> to whatever story about Carrie yeah there's Carrie there's Carrie 2 
or the Rage Carry Two. Then there's a Carry remake from two thousand and two. Then there's another Carry remake from two thousand and thirteen. The Toronto. Yes, the Toronto one. (laughs) So twenty twenty four, we'll get another remake. Hannah? In Toronto. You got a chance. I would love to. I think I might be Carrie for Halloween. I fucking love oh, that hell dress. Yeah. You could do it. It's, oh my gosh. I love it. Uh. <laughs> nice. Um, do we want to give our wax scores? My eyes are so itchy right now. You cannot believe it. React it, I'm telling you. Yep. Yep. When my eyes are itchy, I can't hold back from itching them. I just go for it. it makes do you ever do the like cold towel just on your eyes? I've never tried cold towel. I just like splash my eyes like I I've sprayed like acid in them in the science lab or something. Oh, I do <laughs> a towel with cold water on it and just put it on my eyes and just lie there. Do you know how good that sounds? Yeah, that do you know how good this invention sounds? Really sounds? Nice. Um, I will get to that after this recording. After wax scores, okay. Yes. Um, would would anyone like to give their wax score first? Sure, give it a four point five. Uh, love this flick. Think it's super unique. Think it's super uh, one of a kind. Even though there are a lot of films that have you know taken inspiration from it. Uh, four point five. I love it. Okay, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Down. Um, I'll give it a two point seven five. Like I said, I didn't really feel anything about the actual story. I do understand that it is a bit of a pioneer in its area, and I think there's some cool filmmaking things at some points. But it also seems like pretty. Like, after watching Phenomena, it also seems like that sort of style of, like, more evocative um, cinematography was just sort of common throughout, like, cult horror films at this time. So I don't know if I can completely give it, mm. like, throw myself into giving it a high wax score. So 2.75, a little bit above the middle. Nice, nice. Um, I'm going to give it a 4, I think the acting is whack like in a good way that works for the film but it's whack oh, yeah. um hell yeah some of the filmmaking choices are super random like that one t- part where they're shopping for tuxes and it just speeds up for like two that's, lines of dialogue oh, I, love, I love that's that. amazing um the like just the some of the decisions it makes are so whack and i i appreciate that mm. i think yeah, also this kind of being at the, you know, start of a new genre that is inherently whack and has produced some of my favorite, most wackest films. Like, just, I, I mean, I, like, I think, I don't know what genre it is specifically, but the kind of constant, You can name it right now. I don't... <laughs> Like, just adolescence plus, like, dark, twisted, whatever. I don't know. But, mm. like, I and I'm sure this isn't the very first, but it, it, it kind of feels like one of the first. Um, and it's so influential. So, yeah, uh, four for me. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with a 
with a four as well. Just because, yeah, the, the structure is unlike most horror movies I've seen. I, I actually can't think of one that does it the same way and kind of saves all the horror till super late. Uh, and I found that just very, very cool. Also, the soundtrack, I don't know why, but that like cool synth and it's kind of upbeat for a lot so of it good. just works so, so well. Um, and yeah, that that's one of the things that just stuck with me from watching this. <laughs> Um, it reminds me sort of of Gremlins, actually, and the like. It's starting off as, you know, you don't really think it's gonna become a a horror movie, and then it, and then it does. Gremlins came after this, but yeah, no, no, I that's, could see Gremlins maybe getting inspiration from this. That's true. It is just like a Christmas movie for a, a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, and then it just becomes a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, for our wax scores, let me. Let me go check. Hey, wacko bot. Do you, do you <laughs> get the scores? Yes, I have them all ready. Actually, I left them in the other room. Let me go get them. <laughs> One second. Why did why did the wacko bot leave it in the other room? That's... <laughs> I don't know. This you would guy, think like the one thing the wacko bot has to do, just leave it in this room. I I know. I'm. I'll I'll talk to him about that when he gets back. Hey, I'm back. <laughs> Three point eight. Oh yeah. That's pretty solid. That's pretty good. I think that's Where's... right in the middle there. Yeah. Yeah. What do we got? Is the wackest so far in this series? Oh, that's nowhere. the highest. That's the highest. Oh, nowhere. Right. Right. Mm. Four point four. So nice. not number well, one, but it's, it's still up, it's it's second up there. Highest. It's up there. Second highest. What a, could could we read down the list of the rankings right now? Okay, so highest nowhere four point four, then Carrie three point eight, then Clambake three point seven five, mm. then Superbad, and then Lovers Rock. Mm. But nice. we got a couple more to go, so who knows? This could this series could end up going any direction. Anyone could win this one. That's that's anyone very very true. Uh, thanks to Ian Mills for the music, Emma Kudlak for the uh, logo. Uh, go to at Insomniac Fest on Instagram, Insomniac underscore Fest on Twitter, or insomniacfestival.com to learn about us. Also at insomniacfestival.com, you can watch Insomniac the movie and play Insomniac the movie Woo! the game. Which Please check them out. Awesome. Um, if you like our pod, tell us. Let it'll us make, know. It'll bring us joy, it'll bring a smile to our face. Um, Um, how does this movie end folks oh she's trying to shake Sue awake I think Uh, Ah! wake up I'm going to hell or something (laughs) (laughs) goodbye bye 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 Mom, get out. I'm doing a podcast.